What a weekend for the Cardinals as they roll into Arizona and sweep the Diamondbacks. We'll break down all the chaos, including more magic from Albert Pujols. Are the Cardinals peaking too early? We'll preview the upcoming series against Chicago, and we've got another positive update on Cardinal starting pitcher Jack Flaherty, all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Haffron. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, whether you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Well, that was a fun weekend, yeah? Seven wins in a row now for the Cardinals. This past week, they go 6-0 and and uh, outscored their opponents by the score of, uh, I believe it was 50-17 to was the final count. I'm not great at math, but I think that's what we were at. Uh, they have a, had an eight-game errorless streak which was snapped on Sunday, but still eight in a row, no errors. That's awesome. Uh, pitching staff ERA this last week, 2.50 ERA with an opponent batting average of 196. That'll play. Offensively last week, the Cardinals hit 352 with an OBP of 434 and an OPS of 1.004. Remember when people wanted hitting coach Jeff Albert fired? Seems so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> Remember, everybody wanted to get rid of him. I was one of the guys, too. I'm like, what is this guy teaching these people? They suck. And then everything's all right in the world now. They're hit, they're hitting the ball all over the place. I'm sure there's still some people out there who um, still want Jeff Albert fired, and that's fine. But whatever. You don't hear from those guys quite as much anymore, do you? And with good reason. The Cardinals offense in the past week is what we'd hinted at all season and had been teased with all season. You know, you always had like one or two guys that would be hitting really well. Usually Goldie or Arenado by himself. Maybe Goldie has a, a bad week or something like that. But it was never where everybody was, you know, hitting at the same time. All of them coming together at the same time. There was no consistency together. It was always some people were up, some were down. And. It was quite annoying, but they worked together as a unit this week. One big machine, if you will. And you saw the offense explode on two different occasions. You had the 13-0 waxing of the Rockies on Thursday. And then on Saturday, uh, they dropped that magic eight ball of runs on the D-backs in the ninth inning, end up winning that one 16-7. So not bad. Uh, stats can be a bit boring. I know this, but this is baseball. And uh, we, we live and die by stats each and every day with this sport. And since you're listening to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball podcast. I'm sure a little staturbation, if you will, won't bother anyone, will it? So uh, how about we begin with Mr. Paul Goldschmidt, the future NL MVP and possible Triple Crown winner, had himself a decent week. If you like, uh, you know, a 542 batting average, three home runs, 11 RBIs. If you're into that sort of thing, then Paul Goldschmidt had himself a good week. He leads the NL and all of baseball and hitting now at 340. He's tied for second in the National League and home runs with 31. Kyle Schwarber still in first place with the Phillies at 34, but he's third in Major League Baseball 
now with 31 home runs. Uh, second in the National League and Major League Baseball in RBIs with 100. He hit the century mark this weekend. Pete Alonso and Aaron Judge are tied for first uh, with 102 RBIs. Nolan Arenado this week hit 333, zero home runs, but he did knock in eight, so nothing outrageous like Goldie, but certainly solid. How about Lars Newtbar? 353 average this past week. Two home runs and a triple, which was sort of an inside-the-park home run type of thing where the right fielder looked like, you know, someone trying to walk down their driveway in January in St. Louis when it's just like a sheet of ice. You know how that – you know that feeling. We've all been there in St. Louis. Dude was slipping and sliding all over the place in right field like he was on roller skates. It, it was quite the sight to see. Pretty goofy. And uh, Newt ends up rounding the bases, but tripling an error on that one. But he also drives in six. And I'll tell you what my most impressive stat for Lars Newtbar this week offensively, 10 walks. 10 walks. I like that. And whether he's hitting leadoff or hitting in the ninth hole, I love that. OBP 607 this week for Lars Newtbar. Brennan Donovan. Brennan Donovan hit 700 this week. Granted, only 10 at bats, but he was 7 for 10. 700. Dylan Carlson hits 348. Tyler O'Neill, 304. Am I forgetting anybody? Mm. Oh, yeah. The guy who was described as washed up, overweight, a has been. Albert Pujols this past week, which doesn't count Sunday's two-homer effort against Milwaukee, by the way, hit 615 with three home runs, seven RBIs, OBP of 667, OPS 1.974. Holy crap, Albert Pujols. It is your world. We're just living in it. Now, if you throw in that game against Milwaukee, the dude's hitting 588 with five home runs and 11 RBIs. The machine is now up to a 273 batting average. 13 dingers, 37 RBIs on the year, and just 198 at-bats. His 13 home runs are more than a couple of people that you might have heard of. So I'm just going to throw out a couple of these names. And I'm going to tell you how much money they're going to make because that's where it's really, really crazy, okay? So 13 home runs, more than Josh Donaldson, third baseman for the Yankees who's making $21 million. Javi Baez, former Cub, now in Detroit, signed that big contract. He's making $20 million. Joey Votto from the Cincinnati Reds, out for the rest of the year with a shoulder injury, $25 million. Ronald Acuna Jr. in Atlanta. I know, he was hurt at the beginning of the year, still making $15 million. Still doesn't have 13 home runs on the year like Albert Pujols. How about J.D. Martinez in Boston? Very good designated hitter, making $19.3 million. Albert's got more than him. Christian Yelich in Milwaukee. What has happened to Christian Yelich? I, I don't know. But it's good for the Cardinals that he's not hitting the way he used to anymore. Remember, he had a, the, the MVP year. And then the year after that, he was doing great. And then he uh, he broke his kneecap. Remember that? He fouled the ball off his kneecap, broke it. Has not been the same since. Christian Yelich does not have 13 home runs yet this year. And he's making $26 million. Albert, he's making $2.5 million this year. And what is he worth in the clubhouse and to this franchise and to the fan base? You can't even put a number on that, what he's worth to all of that. So um, the machine, we're running out of things to say about him. In August, he's got 32 official at-bats, and he's hitting 469 with six home runs and 13 RBIs. His OPS is 1.590. In his last two weeks, he's hitting a home run every four and a half at-bats. It's ridiculous. If you're watching or listening to this, you, you more than likely are a Cardinals fan already, and I probably don't have to tell you this. But I just want everyone to realize and appreciate 
what you're seeing right now because it doesn't happen. It has never happened like this. Uh, Albert, age 42, what he's doing is not normal. On Saturday, he became the first player in MLB history with four hits and two home runs in the same game at the age of 42 or older. And when he got pulled for Gorman late in the game, Gorman got booed. <laughs> it was a righty-lefty thing. I understood the matchup, and it worked. Mind you, Gorman did get a hit and helped kick the uh, late rally into full gear. But, my gosh, like it's just absurd what Albert Pujols is doing at this time as he marches towards 700 home runs. How about we focus just on the weekend in Arizona, though? Let's 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 jump out of the pool holes thing for just a moment. Let's go to the games. Friday, the Cardinals got one in the first inning on a Goldie bomb to left, but then were held off the board until the seventh. And Goldie gets a two out bases loaded single that deflected off the pitcher, makes it two to nothing. Arenado doubles to left center, four to nothing. Goldie scores on a pass ball, five nothing. By the way, Paul Goldschmidt might be the best like runner as far as ability of, about running the bases as far as taking an extra base or knowing when to not do it, when to kick it into an extra gear. He might be one of the best, if not the best base runner in baseball. The dude doesn't make mistakes on the base paths. Uh, Arizona gets one in the eighth, but Michaelis was amazing. He tosses eight innings, one run, two hits, strikes out four, moves to 10 and nine on the season. ERA drops down to 3.32. You take a couple of those big games like that last one in Colorado that he really got hammered in. That ERA is going to be below three. What a season it's been for Miles Michaelis. Uh, Saturday, the crazy game. You had Hudson starting, and again, not a great showing. Four and a third, four runs, five hits, three more walks, zero strikeouts. I think everyone's as frustrated as you are when um, we watch Dakota Hudson pitch. I think Dakota Hudson is frustrated. I think management is frustrated. I think the players are. Uh, nobody's happy with what he's doing. He's trying. He, he's doing his best. He's putting in the work. Everything I've read is that he's going that extra mile, doing the bullpits. He's doing everything he can to figure it out, and it's just not working. So if and when Jack Flaherty comes back, I think it might be best, in my opinion. I don't want him in the bullpen. I say send him down to Memphis and let him work everything out and come back next year fresh. That's just my opinion. Um, we got an update, by the way, on Jack Flaherty coming up a little bit later today. Um, this game, though, back and forth, highlighted by Pujols hitting solo shots off of Madison Bumgarner in the second and fourth innings. Albert now up to 692, four behind Alex Rodriguez, eight away from that magical 700 number, which now national media starting to pick up on it. And they're like, okay, wait, he might hit 700 now, uh, 40-something games remaining, I think. And then you've got eight home runs that Albert has to hit. If he keeps facing left-handers and keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to get 700. Uh, the team in this game, though, cruising with an 8-4 lead into the eighth inning. And then Jordan Hicks pulls another Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde routine. Friday, you get the Jekyll version, which is the good version if you haven't read the book or watched any of the movies. And then Saturday, you get the Hyde. He comes out to play. Lead off homer, then a walk, then a double, a wild pitch. And then the one that pisses everybody off, including myself, ground ball to first base, and Hicks loafs over to first base. He just kind of... Uh, slowly jogs over to first base. Doesn't get there in time on the grounder. Run scores. It's an infield single. He looked lazy. And I get it. When he has innings like this, he gets mad at himself and he gets frustrated. But you got to get over there to first base. That is your job right there. You do it in spring training 850 billion times. Get over there. Get your ass in gear and get over to first base. He gets yanked right after this. Gives up three runs, three hits, and a walk. Records no outs. The eternal battle of good versus evil with Hicks continues. 
Uh, thank goodness for Giovanni Gallegos, who does an awesome job. Puts out the threat without anyone else scoring, but it's an 8-7 game. Top of the ninth, the Cardinals, they go ballistic. They lead off with a single by Goldie, double by Arenado. Gorman pinch hits for Pujols. Again, he gets booed mercilessly, even though it's his own hometown. But he goes DX down. He says, suck it. Hits an RBI single. Edmund walks to um, walks, and then the bases are loaded. And then Paul Dion comes up. But I know Paulie D has cooled off big time after that hot start since he got recalled. He's striking out like crazy again. It's, it's starting to get frustrating to watch him at the plate. But the team likes his defense, which he's been fine at at shortstop. And I, I just think they're comfortable with them. They'd rather have Edmund playing at second. I know you want to put Gorman in there. I know you want to put Donovan in there. I get all these questions about it. I understand them. I think Paulie needs more days off, to be honest with you. I, I don't think he's an everyday guy. I think he just kind of, you know, rework the, um, I don't know, the, 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 the rotation, if you will, on what you got going on on the middle, middle infield. Like, I think Edmund does have to play short at some times. It's just the way it's got to be because you can't have DeYoung going into these droughts like this and just being an automatic out. But he wasn't this time. This time, they send him up there still. It pays off. He pops a grand slam to blow things open 13-7. to And you feel good for him. I don't want Paul DeYoung to suck. I want him to hit the ball. But last week, he had two hits. Two. He was two for 20. He hit 100. He struck out 10 times. You can't just keep putting that up there at the plate. I don't care if it's a left-hander on the mound. You got to figure something out. Give him a couple more days off, I beg you. Uh, later in the inning, Goldie hits the uh, 31st home run of the season for him. It's an opposite field laser, making it 16-7. to uh, We got to see the Cardinals' debut of JoJo Romero, who they acquired from Philly for Edmundo Sosa. He strikes out two in the ninth. They win a wild one, 16-7. to uh, Sunday, they end up facing the Diamondbacks' ace, Merrill Kelly, who's been really, really good this year. And they get to him early. You got Newt leading off with a dinger, RBI single by Nato. Uh, Gorman grounds into an odd double play, like an unassisted double play to the first baseman. It was like everybody was confused of what the hell happened there. But uh, run ends up scoring. He gets two outs, but the run scores three to nothing. Cardinals. Diamondbacks come back against uh, Jose Quintana. Uh, in the second, after a couple of hits and walks, Emmanuel Rivera rips one to third, and Donovan makes this beautiful diving play to his right. Pops up, and then he can't quite get the handle on the ball. He, you know, he kind of looks for it, loses the handle, recovers, but then short hops Goldie, who apparently is human. He is, according to that play. Unable to pick this one out. It goes past him. Two-run score. We're tied at three. Cardinals first error in eight games. Uh, hell of an effort by Donovan. Just just couldn't complete the play. I, effort. A for effort, dude. Keep keep doing your thing, Donovan. Nothing wrong with what you're doing. Cardinals still tied with the best fielding percentage in baseball with the Seattle Mariners, by the way, after the weekend. All right. Then after a few atrocious calls by the home plate umpire, C.B. Buckner, Ollie's had enough. He's, he's, he's done with it. He gets tossed. And they have like this nice old school umpers manager exchange where where they're, you know, they're face to face, nose to nose, spits flying everywhere. You got veins popping out of their necks and their heads and I kind of miss those arguments because you don't see it any uh, anymore. You know, the umps, they'll, they'll toss somebody and then the umps just like, you're not good enough for me. And they'll turn their backs around. And then it's like the, the crew chief has to come over and play bouncer between the manager or the player and the umpire who just threw the person out. Man, stand up, man. You threw the guy out. Let's have an argument. Let's talk it out. Uh, CB and Ollie were nose to nose. It was cool to see. And just to be fair, Buckner, he was missing calls for both sides. All right, early on. But according to umpire scorecards, after this argument with Ali, 
he was fantastic the rest of the game, had a 94% accuracy rating. So he, he got his crap together and ended up calling a pretty good game after that. Uh, D-backs grab a 4-3 lead in the third, and they pull Quintana, who lasts just two and two-thirds, allows four runs, two of those earned, seven hits. He walks three, strikes out none. Just not a good day. You know, just didn't have the good stuff. Hopefully it's just a hiccup. Um, remember, he was working really well with, with Yachty behind the plate, and he had Kisner this time, so maybe that had something to do with it. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but Yachty's just a different catcher back there. So having Kisner back there instead of Yachty, maybe that maybe that's why it was such a poopy game. Plus, he Quintana was getting squeezed, okay? He wasn't getting the calls on the corners early, and then... It just was too late. By the time C.B. Buckner turned things around, um, the game, he was Quintana was done. So uh, Chris Stratton, damn glad to meet you, comes into the game. And by the way, Chris Stratton, 32 years old today. Happy birthday, Chris Stratton. He comes in. He does pretty well. Works two and two-thirds of shutout ball. Ends up walking two to start the six. So Jake Woodford has to come in, but he stomps it out. No problem. In the seventh, Kisner gets a leadoff single. Newt grounds out into a, uh, a force out. Pujols pinch hits. He singles. Edmund comes in to run for him. Goldie gets hit by a pitch, and then Arenado, Mr. Clutch, comes through. Base hit to right field, gives the Cards a 5-4 lead. Edmund later on gets an RBI single, and the eighth makes it 6-4. And then you have the combo of Woodford, and it says Cabrera comes in, and Giovanni Gallegos, Mr. Reliable this weekend, finishes it off, completes the sweep. The Cardinals have won 16 of 19. They're now season-high 18 games. Above 500, their 833 winning percentage this month. They're now 15 and three. Uh, would rank as the franchise's second best August behind only the 1944 club who went 23 and four. So are the Cardinals peaking too early? That's kind of the thing you think about this time. You're like, oh my gosh, everything's working out. Uh-oh, playoff time's still like a month and a, a week or two away. Are we peaking too early? I say no. I think what's happening here is they're just beating teams who aren't that good, which they're supposed to do. They have a weak schedule moving forward and should be taking advantage of it, and that's what they did this weekend. Arenado, 7 for 15, 6 RBIs during the three-game sweep. Goldschmidt, 7 for 14 with two homers and 6 RBIs. Goldschmidt's 22 RBIs in August, the most in MLB. Arenado, second with 21. Pujol said after the game yesterday that things are clicking right now, all cylinders right when we wanted to. Hopefully, we can carry this through the next six weeks that we have left in the season, and hopefully get a chance to get into the postseason and do the same thing. Five games in four days. Begins tonight in Chicago against the Cubs. We'll preview that next. And we've still got updates for uh, Jack Flaherty coming your way. So some positive updates, I might add, to Jack Flaherty. We'll be doing that here in just a moment. First, though, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Cardinals are at Wrigley for the next four days and will play five games in that time. The Cubbies have played better of late, winning seven of their last ten, and they had their five-game winning streak snap yesterday by Milwaukee, whom they did take two of three from over the weekend. The Cardinals swept the Cubs at the beginning of August at Bush Stadium. They hold a seven and four lead over them in the series this season. You've got the lefty Jordan Montgomery going to the hill for the Cardinals tonight. It'll be his first road start since coming over from New York. He did face the Cubs earlier this season as a member of the Yankees. 
Uh, it was at Yankee Stadium back in June. He threw seven shutout innings, allowed just five hits while getting five punchies and an eight-nothing victory. Been spectacular since coming to the Cardinals. 3-0, 0.54 ERA, struck out 17, walked just three so far in 16 and two-thirds innings. The Cubs will counter with left-hander Drew Smiley, who was 5-6 and six on the year with an ERA of 3.67, which isn't too bad. He has not faced the Cardinals this year, but we know how well they hit left-handed pitching, so this is a matchup that should certainly favor the Cardinals. You'll uh, have Albert back in the lineup again, and uh, and limited appearances this season, both Goldie and, or I should say in their careers, <clears throat> excuse me, both Goldie and Arenado have hit Smiley pretty well. Goldie two for five against him, while Nolan three for seven with a home run and three RBIs. Uh, new cubby, Fradmil Reyes, has taken Montgomery deep once in his career. Uh, that's about it, <laughs> about anybody that's uh, done anything with the Cubs against uh, Montgomery, 7.05 start time, St. Louis time from uh, Wrigley. Molina is expected to be back tonight for the game after heading to Puerto Rico over the weekend to, according to Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, attend the championship festivities of the basketball team he owns. Pretty freaking lame, if you ask me. I'm willing to give Molina a pass on a lot of things, but this seemed like a situation he still have stayed with the team. But if the clubhouse can get over it, Sweep Arizona without him. I'm not here to rock the boat. I'm, you know, more interested in seeing them float along into the postseason, you know. Uh, the two teams will have a doubleheader on Tuesday. And as of the time of this recording, no pitching matchups have been announced. But uh, game time, 120-705 Central starts. Uh, Wednesday, another night game. It'll be Michaelis starting that one. Uh, no Cub starter has been named yet. And then Thursday, it'll be another day game. No Cardinal starter has been named yet. But Marcus Stroman is supposed to throw for Chicago. All of this subject to change, of course, but it'll be interesting to see how Ollie sets things up pitching-wise. Does Hudson get another crack at it because, of you know, it's five games in four days? Jake Woodford, does he get a start? Maybe Palante? I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of pitching, we got an update on Jack Flaherty, and it's more good news, Cardinals fans. Jack Flaherty pitched again on Sunday, and he continues to work his way back from his shoulder strain that has had him out since late June. Struck out seven, allowed an earned run on four hits and one walk over four innings with double-A Springfield. He tossed 66 pitches, 41 of them strikes. And according to John Denton of MLB.com, generally looked good in the third start of his rehab assignment and his second in a row with double-A. He's on track to return to triple-A Memphis on Friday for what should be his final rehab start with the right-hander expected to target around 90 pitches in the outing. Now, if he comes out of that start, setback free. Flaherty would likely be on track to come off of the 60-day injured list and rejoin the big club rotation on August 31st. So nine days, nine days when the team is in Cincinnati, or it could be on September 2nd against the Cubs. That's what things are lining up for here. Cardinals baseball uh, president of baseball operations, John Mozalek, was at the game watching Flaherty with his eagle eyes and uh, was asked about the outing and the possibility of Flaherty rejoining the rotation and he said if you allow yourself to dream a little bit that is free right you sort of think back to 2019 and what would we look like if we could get that again talking about how Flaherty started off the year nine and one and looked amazing now getting that would change the dynamic of our club overall right now there is some optimism based on what we saw today which was great we're going to keep our fingers crossed that we have to make those type of decisions Flaherty's fastball topped out at 96 to average 93 he had a strikeout looking in the first inning, needed just 10 pitches in the second inning while striking out two more, and he pitched out of jams in the third and the fourth. Asked if he felt ready to pitch again in the big leagues without making a fourth rehab start, Flaherty curtly said, according to Denton's article, 
Not my decision. Never has been. And that's still the mindset. Uh, Flaherty's rehab was cut short in mid-June, if you remember, but Payne returned in his shoulder after three shaky starts with the team. He said it feels good to come out of it healthy. Uh, obviously, you want to come out of there on a positive note, but it feels really good to come out of there healthy. Again, I'll believe it when I see it. All right. Um, but things seem to be going pretty well for Jack right now. Cautiously optimistic. My cautiously optimistic meter, it's it's starting to rise. We're up to about 70%. And uh, we still don't have a final ruling on Steven Matz yet as he continues to try to work his way back from his knee injury. So getting one of those guys would be great. Uh, getting both back, outrageously good for this team down the stretch because then it would allow some guys who might need some extra rest to get that, like uh, Michaelis and Wayno. Specifically, I worry about Miles. Not because he's out of shape or anything like that. Clearly takes great care of himself, is is quite built. But he hasn't thrown this many innings in quite some time because of all the injuries the last few seasons. So I just don't want him to hit a wall in September and then kind of be useless to the team if, when, they go to the playoffs in October. So uh, the boys have opened up a five-game lead in the NL Central. They're at 69 wins. Nice. And 51 losses. And a win today would get them to the 500 mark on the road for the season. I'm eager to see how Montgomery looks on the road for the first time with the team. Uh, the Cubs hit 235 against left-handers this season, which is 23rd best in the league. The Cardinals, they're at 273. That's third best. So, again, the matchup favors the Cardinals, but we'll see what happens on the field tonight. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Now make your second listen. The Locked On MLB podcast, MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I continue to see the uh, amount of subscriptions going up on YouTube. I like that. It means you guys don't find me hideously, hideously ugly, which is good. Maybe it's the cool T-shirts I wear, like this Goonies one I'm rocking today. Perhaps you just would rather watch that than listen to the podcast. It's up to you. I, I, I'm available to all of you through all of this stuff. So uh, make sure you get to us on your platforms. If you know Cardinals fans that aren't listening yet, tell them to get on it. We're looking for them. We got plenty of room on the bandwagon here at Lockdown Cardinals. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason. We'll see you tomorrow with a fresh new episode of Lockdown Cardinals. Take care of yourselves. Go Redbirds. 